Welcome to this month's News from the Parks episode of the America's National Parks podcast, where we round up the latest happenings at America's Greatest Treasures. The America's National Parks podcast is sponsored by L.L. Bean, your source for warm, cozy styles this fall. For 108 years, L.L. Bean has staked their reputation on making comfortable clothing and gear to help you enjoy the healthy benefits of being outside. From legendary Maine-made boots to layers that are just the right weight to flannel shirts that out-cozy all others. Find joy in the tried and true. Visit LLBean.com to find a store or shop now. L.L. Bean, be an outsider. The National Park System jumped from 419 to 421 units in September. Washington, D.C.'s new Dwight D. Eisenhower Memorial officially opened as America's 420th unit of the National Park System on September 18th. Honoring Eisenhower's legacy as the World War II Supreme Allied Commander and the nation's 34th president. The memorial is designed by architect Frank Gehry and features three bronze statues of Eisenhower, one as general with troops from the 101st Airborne the day before the invasion of Normandy, another depicting him in the White House surrounded by advisors, and a third portraying his boyhood. Framing the entire memorial is a first-of-its-kind stainless steel woven tapestry by artist Thomas Osinski, which depicts the cliffs of the Normandy coastline. The memorial is set in a new four-acre public park on Independence Avenue, across from the Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum. It's surrounded by several federal agencies that have roots in the Eisenhower administration, including the Department of Education, the Department of Health and Human Services, the Department of Transportation, the FAA, and NASA. On September 22nd, Congress formally established Mill Springs Battlefield National Monument in Nancy, Kentucky, as the 421st unit of the National Park System. Mill Springs was the site of the first major victory for the Union Army during the Civil War. It's been preserved piece by piece, a longtime dream of the members of the Mill Springs Battlefield Association. The Union's victory on January 19, 1862, led to the collapse of the eastern sector of the Confederate Army's defense of the Upper South. The Battle of Mill Springs helped maintain Kentucky's Union affiliation throughout the war and provided a much-needed boost to morale, helping to re-energize Northern War interests. The monument was authorized as part of a bill signed last year, but all the pieces have now come together through land donations and management transfer. As much hay is made over bear attacks at national parks and in the wilds of the U.S., they're very rare you're much more likely to be killed by a moose, and there's not some huge national awareness of moose attacks. That said, two recent bear incidents have hit the news. 22-year-old Austin Pfeiffer of Ohio was killed by a grizzly bear in Wrangell St. Elias National Park and preserved late Sunday, September 20th, during a moose hunting trip. This is the first recorded fatal bear attack in the park since it was established in 1980. At 13.2 million acres, it's by far America's largest park, larger than Yellowstone, Yosemite, and Switzerland combined. The park is also one of the wildest places in North America with vast areas of untouched wilderness and hardly any man-made structures. The incident occurred in a remote area approximately 50 air miles from the nearest community. On the afternoon of Friday, September 11th, 
backpackers were hiking the Hazel Creek Trail in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park when they discovered human remains and a scavenging bear. Park officials later identified the remains as 43-year-old Patrick Madura of Elgin, Illinois. Rangers chose to euthanize the animal since it has learned that humans can be a food source, but the cause of death is still being investigated. Park officials do not yet know whether the bear caused or contributed to Madura's death. Rangers were faced with a similar decision in September of 2018 when they found a bear feeding on the body of a man who had been reported missing. In that case, methamphetamine was found in the man's system, leading the coroner to report the death as an overdose. In the last 20 years, five people have been attacked by black bears in the nation's most visited park, only one of which was fatal. Over that time, the park has recorded nearly a quarter million visits. The best way to avoid a bear encounter is to dispose of trash properly and store all food, food scraps, and other fragrant items safely. If you see a bear or any other large wildlife, keep your distance. If your presence causes the animal to change its behavior, you are too close. Back away slowly. If a bear follows you, change your direction. If it continues to follow you, act aggressively to intimidate it. Shout at it. Make yourself look as large as possible and throw non-food objects such as rocks or sticks. Bears are like dogs. They like to chase. So if you run, you're sure to have a bear coming after you. Rangers at Mount Rainier National Park, assisted by mountain rescue volunteers, rescued a hiker in distress on the afternoon of September 24th on the Muir Snowfield in whiteout snow conditions. Her companion, unfortunately, was found deceased and was recovered from the mountain the following day. The pair called 911 after getting lost in high winds, heavy rain, and snow at about 9,300 feet in elevation. Wildfire smoke has been affecting park visitation across the West, and Sequoia National Park is closed until fire and air quality conditions improve. The park implemented a full park closure on September 15th in response to the Castle Fire, along with its sister park, Kings Canyon. Yosemite National Park also closed on the 17th for the same reasons. Both Yosemite and Kings Canyon have reopened, but Sequoia entrances remain closed. On Saturday, September 12th, the National Park Service closed all areas and islands of Gulf Islands National Seashore in advance of Hurricane Sally impacting the Gulf Coast. Following damage assessments and minor debris removal, the Davis Bayou area reopened on September 18th, but the Florida side of the park remains closed as 38 National Park Service employees from 22 different parks and programs work to stabilize structures and repair damage. A cave in the Buffalo National River unit has been significantly damaged by vandalism. In late August, park staff discovered that vandals removed many cave formations such as stalagmites and draperies. The Fitton Cave System is one of the largest in Arkansas and holds a variety of rare cave formations. It's also the second most biologically diverse cave in the state. It's currently closed to the public due to white nose syndrome, a deadly fungus that can kill bats and be spread by people entering and exiting caves. Investigators are seeking information from anyone who may have knowledge about those who caused the damage. Information can be submitted to the National Park Service Investigative Services Branch anonymously. The Park Service has announced a $30.8 million construction contract to repair the historic Ellis Island seawall at the Statue of Liberty National Monument. The historic 6,736-foot-long seawall surrounding Ellis Island was built between 1913 and 1934. The repair will fix the poor condition of the seawall and address some structural needs. The project is expected to be completed in early 2023. 
Isle Royal National Park has documented new wolf pups parented by animals introduced to the island in 2018 and 2019. With the wolf population on the island down to only two, the National Park Service released 19 wolves at the park, and research estimated as many as 14 wolves were present on Isle Royal as of April 2020. After more than a decade of closures, the full Emerald Pools Trail Network at Zion National Park in Utah finally has reopened to visitors. Rock Slides closed the trail system back in 2010, and now after a three-year, $1.2 million restoration project, visitors can visit the entire area, only parts of which had been intermittently accessible. The Middle Emerald Pools Trail was constructed in 1932. The reconstruction and restoration required the expertise of engineers, geologists, and skilled masons who restored the trails using mostly hand tools and traditional rustic craftsmanship under rugged conditions. You can read the full story of the restoration in an article at National Parks Traveler, and we'll link to it in the show notes. Zion has been dealing with increased visitation over the past several years, while closures of many trails place visitors in more confined areas. The Hidden Canyon, Weeping Rock, and Observation Point trails are all closed for the long term due to rock falls. In worldwide national park news, officials have had enough of people leaving their trash in Thailand's national parks and have come up with a new way to stop it. Recent visitors to one of the country's parks left behind a tent filled with trash after an overnight camping trip. Rangers did some detective work to identify the culprits using equipment rental forms and a discarded prescription bottle. Then they mailed them back all their garbage. In Thailand, single-use plastic bags are banned, and littering in a national park is punishable by up to five years in prison and a $16,000 fine. So a box of trash in the mail was merciful. Thailand's environment minister said in a Facebook post, I will pick up every single piece of your trash, pack them well in a box, and mail them to your home as a souvenir. Several Japanese national parks have added Wi-Fi access points and rentable workstations in order to encourage remote work during the pandemic. They're making some hotel rooms available for a few hours at a time as a remote office, and they're setting up other workstations in the middle of nature using tents, portable power stations, and Wi-Fi hotspots. Back in the U.S., Marriott hotels, including Sheridan and Courtyard Chains, have partnered with the National Park Foundation to discount stays for their properties near national parks. Members of Marriott's Affinity Bonvoy Club can get rates beginning at $99 per night at more than 400 Marriott hotels located near parks. Finally, Apostle Island's National Lakeshore is kicking off a celebration of its 50th year with a series of virtual and community events. The anniversary events were originally slated to launch in March, but were scuttled due to the pandemic. The 21 islands of Wisconsin's Lake Superior shoreline are known for their historic lighthouses, sandstone sea caves, old growth forests, and natural animal habitats. That's it for this month's news from the parks. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search National Park Podcast. You can also join our America's National Parks Facebook group. For more great American destinations, give us a listen at the Sea America Podcast. And if you're interested in RV travel, find us at the RV Miles Podcast. You can also follow Abigail and me as we travel the country with our three boys all over social media as Our Wandering Family. This episode was sponsored by L.L. Bean. Follow the hashtag 
be an outsider and visit llbean.com to find great gear for exploring national parks. <laughs>